Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. This year, the conference is taking place June 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2020. We'll interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software projects inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Welcome to the Mac DevOps podcast. Today is our official post-mortem. It's a blameless post-mortem where we don't blame JD, definitely not JD. We don't put any of the blame on JD. It's all Matt X. It's Matt X's fault. So blameless post-mortem. We're just going to go over how the conference went. We have uh, my co-host, JD, Jack Daniel Strong. How are you doing, JD? I'm still alive after the conference here, Matt. How are you doing? <laughs> I uh, caught up on some sleep last night, uh, finally. that, uh, that was a, For some reason, I, I was having trouble sleeping a little bit you know, between the work and just maybe a little bit of stress. But uh, yeah, everything went awesome thanks to our, our amazing guest and crew member, super awesome dude, Felipe. How are you doing? Yay. Thank you for having me. That was absolutely a pleasure to, to be with you guys in this conference. And uh, like... The super last minute, me being in the conference last year, uh, this was just amazing. And like I tweeted earlier in the week, you guys are probably one of the coolest people to work with. So this was really awesome. It's all part of Maddox's plan, you know, the last minute. <laughs> last year, we, uh, we ran into each other in NAB and uh, got to know each other at that, uh, you know, media production sort of uh, conference. And I knew that I had this idea for a documentary last year, and I knew you had to be a part of that because I knew you had you were going to be able to help and you were so amazing to help with PostLab and just getting the whole project organized and shooting B-roll. I mean, that's genius. Shoot these extra scenes of speakers making funny faces outside on the deck where there's sunlight. I mean, you are a, a genius. <laughs> ha. Uh, maybe I can have one or two good ideas in a year. <laughs> but I think but yeah. I used one of them there then. <laughs> When, when we decided to take this conference online, I mean, I didn't think there was a real question. We were going to do it and we were going to, you know, fake it till we make it. And uh, thanks to uh, you and JD, we always uh, step up the production quality. And uh, we had a, uh, we were, uh, we brought you in to do the testing with the Epifan and because uh, we've been using the Epifan to record on site. And I think we proved that the Epifan is more than capable to do the conference, but because of where the Epifan is located in my house um, and because... <laughs> running the show and being the host and then doing everything. I mean, other than getting a whole crew and remotely controlling the Epifan, I, you know, I'm not a control freak JD, but it was a difficult decision. Do I trust Felipe to run everything? And once I'd made that decision, I felt so much better about everything because now Felipe was <laughs> controlling everything. <laughs> and a rock star at it. So. Yeah. Okay, but hold on. Looking back, how would you have felt if you would have done it and the Epifan by yourself there? Now, knowing what you know about uh, getting connected to the speakers and preparing them, and <laughs> he already has no hair, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the setup with the Discord uh, for those who don't know, like I guess behind the scenes, when we assigned a speaker role to people in Discord, they could see the speaker uh, uh, green room chat channel and the speaker audio green rooms that JD had set up, so that we could stage a speaker in one room and then have a live one in the other room. So. Having those green rooms was was amazing. And yeah, it would have been much more difficult to do without that. And I, I had looked at a lot of different uh, CDNs and different uh, apps like StreamYard and all these other different uh, streaming. So I think we could have done something like Epifan fed into something else. But um, I knew that 
I was really over my depth, even though I was like researching it. I was like attending every webinar and Zoom and every kind of Epifan meeting and trying to figure it all out. But then I realized that my job is to find the speakers, wrangle the speakers, get assemble the community. And while live production is something that I, I'm dabbling in, I am not an expert. And Felipe, I was like, hey, he knows a lot about this. So let's bring Felipe in and he can do what he's a subject matter expert in. And thank you, Felipe. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. It was my pleasure and uh, maybe plenty for the next one. <laughs> oh, well, especially after you, you know, you gracefully uh, helped us test our Epifan workflow. And then you're like, we could do better, Matt. Let me show you Mimo live. And I'm like, Oh my God. And it caused me so much stress. I was like, that setup that Felipe showed me was so amazing. I mean, Felipe is amazing, but Mimo is amazing. And that what he can do with it is, I mean, like, do I run it or does, I mean, that was stressful. But once I decided that you were going to do it, that was a, a, a weight lifted because I knew that you could do it amazing. See, he's not a control freak. And it was <laughs> nice because we could really control uh, not one, the messaging, but also the branding as well, right? Because in the end of the day, we were using YouTube to live stream, but we didn't have any Skype logos. We didn't have any Zoom, anything around. So it was just the video feed uh, directly from us to, to, to the attendees. And that's one of the things that I, I like about not necessarily using Mimo Live, but being able to really control the flow of, of videos where it's coming from and where it's going to. and. Uh, yeah, I, I just love when when I can have that control, and and that's the background that I come from. I, I come from like this super mad way of doing things, like super control freak of <laughs> how we're gonna get connected and uh, what's gonna be the quality that's gonna be there. And then of course, when you talk about quality, right now we're talking about a bunch of uh, connecting a lot of people that we don't have any control over the setup, right? So <laughs> we, we, we have to standardize as much as possible what we can. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, that, that, that's where, where I was coming from when, when I said, OK, maybe Epifan might not be necessarily the best idea or the best. Uh, uh, In this situation for, what, for the yeah, time that we had, you know. Exactly. Yeah, th there, there is the right tool for, for everything, right? Uh, and it's not even only about the tool, it's also about how you organize and, and think about the, the delivery of the thing. If, for me personally, I, I, I come from a background before being a freelance and doing kind of everything. I came from being part of a team that was producing 2,000 live events a, a year. So we were doing a lot of live events. It was about 12 hours a day, every day. And the company used to send me over to Japan and Philippines and Mauritius and a lot of different countries to do this white glove live broadcasts because uh, we needed to have that control. Uh, so I was trying to replicate that in a way, uh, <laughs> that control. I'm like, oh, there is Matt, a control freak. Oh, I am a control freak too. <laughs> Give me a little bit of that. Three control freaks running a conference is what it is. Well, we each gave each other a piece of the puzzle. I mean, JD, you you ran the Discord like a, a you know um, a maestro in his orchestra. So uh, kudos for the uh, the setup. Also, queued speakers and and got people in, oh, in yeah. the places, much like we would do on site. But it, in this case, we had to go even further. Right? We had like thirty <laughs> minutes before they go on board. All right, let's yeah. start getting you connected. Let's check your audio. Let's check your 
what you're going to show to us. And then even after the fact, it's Felipe is like, okay, now like advance a few slides, make sure we're still connected to you. So there was a lot of work. We pulled off some amazing things with doing panels. I mean, getting three, four people on the same screen, all hearing each other, communicating with each other, making that seamless and look amazing. I mean, very seamless, which is like when I was giving my intro and then Joel just came, you know, right after me, it was just like ready to go. Um, so people really appreciated the video, the, the video production. Yeah. Video honestly, <laughs> I couldn't have done that without JD's help. I mean, I gave no directions to JD whatsoever. <laughs> he was just there. The, the only thing I said was, uh, I think a couple of days before the, the, the conference started, I said, well, once I am live with someone in, and I have them in a green room, we, we need to be preparing the other speakers. But that's all I said. We, we need to do that. And there was, it's just, that's why I am saying that it's so amazing working with you guys. It's like everyone knows what, what, what they can do and uh, what needs to be done. And it's ju it, just, it just flowed. Uh, when I published the, the time lapse, Mm -hmm. of, uh, of of the camera that was over my shoulder, you can see that one. It doesn't look like I'm stressed because I, I, although I have a few a few screens, the the whole thing there is just flowed. It when I was looking at the the, the, the footage, which is five hours long, <laughs> real time. I didn't watch five hours long real time. <laughs> I was just trying to notice if I'm doing anything weird, and I'm like, wow, I look so calm there. <laughs> uh, and and th there is a reason for that because really everything went according to plan. We we had a, a great schedule. We knew that as soon as the speaker would start, we would have thirty minutes, and then thirty minutes we start chasing the next speaker, get them situated, um, and and being mm -hmm. able to actually check their audio, check their video on a separate system, and being able to transfer them into the live system, that, that was really good. There, there was a better way of doing that if I had an extra A10 Mini, um, but I didn't. So <laughs> had to find a different way. Well, uh, yeah, the setup with Discord transitioning to Mimo was perfect because everybody was in Discord and the community was there. Um, so getting people to show up and, and be present and I mean, I was uh, gathering speakers and getting people to do quick talks at the last second, and even the the absolute you know last second actually absolute <laughs> last second. I mean, even uh, Eric and Nate, who I, I, Nate, I agreed yeah. to do a talk uh, from Twitter just like days before, and gave them only a couple of days, and I forgot to put them on the schedule, and uh, yeah, at the last second, I'll, they were like, "Hey, Matt, when are we speaking?" I'm like. Oh, right. I did forget something, didn't I? You're speaking next. Then I tell the team, we have another quick talk coming right now. They're like, no problem, no problem. <laughs> Do you know what I noticed that was very cool? Uh, is, Matt, that you can multitask during uh, a quick talk. You were doing your quick talk, and I could see you texting through, <laughs> through the quick talk channel. I was like, wow, <laughs> he is talking there a lot about... <laughs> Monkey and web server and Minecraft, <laughs> and he is texting. I just want my kids to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I just want my kids to be happy. That's the inspiration and uh, to make a happy community. And uh, I think we did an amazing job. I think uh, we learned a lot, and I have a long list of things we can do better for next time, and mostly things that well, I can, we do can always do better. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're, we are we were figuring out Discord and. I mean, we were we were figuring out the schedule, and you know, very you know, right up to the minute because we were trying to figure out how it was going to go. 
Um, and I'm really happy that we, we, we worked, we, we fell upon the, the idea of having 30 minute talks and then the 50 minute Q and a, it just, it worked out for having a great Q and a in discord and people love going right from the, the live stream YouTube to being able to go into a live Q and a and have that time with the speakers. Cause in person, one of the criticisms I have of my own event and other people is that we didn't have enough Q and A and it was always speaker, 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 and then go coffee, lunch. And so that's uh, that we could improve upon in this format. People really loved being able to handle it. And then the real reason we did it was, well, it gave us time to switch speakers. And even the first reason we did it was because Ashton said she needed more time to finish the drawings before the talks. So it always comes from like, what are my crazy ideas about how to do it? And then what is possible? Matt Ashton's like, Matt, we can't do two speakers in a row because I need time to do my drawing. Oh, okay. Oh, and then Felipe is like, I need time to switch the speakers. <laughs> and then JD's like, I need time to find the speakers. Okay. So how about we do a QA? and a And then it just seems like the most genius plan and everybody has fun. And it worked perfectly. Speaking of Ashton, I mean, having also, I mean, talk about adding a level to this is we had a live feed on Ashton for basically five hours straight. Right. So, uh, you know, and, and having her set up and getting all of that to make sure that we could keep an eye basically over her shoulder, um, and then have those posted because she's doing this digitally. We were able to post those right in the channel after she completed it. I mean, it talk about mind blowing, and uh, to have the that. quick talks, I was like, don't do the quick talks because they're too quick and they're one after another. And she was just doing the quick talks and then posting snippets of the drawings in the channel. Just like, here's a little snippet. Right? I was just like, oh my goodness, this woman is like insanely awesome. She's just like over the top. So cool. Honestly, uh, we know a lot about so many parts of IT and a lot of things that a lot of people would say that's complicated. For me, the most difficult thing that I have seen is what <laughs> she does. I ab I absolutely cannot comprehend because when I go to a talk, I know that my mind disconnects for, for a few seconds and come back all the time. And she has to be constantly paying attention, digesting, interpreting, and drawing as the information is coming and continues to come. For me, this is this doesn't make sense. It's like she has brains on, on her hands. So those ones are thinking by themselves <laughs> and drawing. And there's the other one here. I, I, I mean, I can't understand. It's, it's amazing. I, I attribute it to the, the folks that do sign language, you know, that'll do the sign language interpretation off the side. But instead of signing, she's like digitally transcribing onto paper or, or a digital, digital white paper, whiteboard, I guess, at this point. Uh, but yeah, just fantastic to catch all of the nuances of the talk and and get that out there and just make it look polished within minutes. And we didn't make it easy for her that second day. There was some very technical talks and I know that was, it's a challenge. I mean, I'm always surprised that, you know, how she can do some of these talks. Cause sometimes I barely understand from one talk to another, what this subdomain is um, <laughs> that I'm not into exactly. Sometimes and I'm like, how is she even like representing this in graphics? Like, and then you look at the graphics like, Oh, it makes more sense. Actually. Now it's helping me to understand the talk. Uh, but yeah, we're not making it easy for her sometimes with some of those talks because <laughs> they're so technical and they're, you know, uh, sometimes when you tell a story about walking down the road and learning and, and growing and changing jobs, those are maybe easier to, to graphically represent, but she was doing all the technical stuff. And she had her workshop as well, uh, the day before oh, yeah. the conference and, and I was watching the workshop and, and it was incredible that she, she was actually technically showing 
how to better represent and uh, things on a very basic level, for example, with the fonts, for example, how you're writing things on the screen or on the paper. Oh, you want to use this font or this spacing. Oh, look at look about when you're talking about something being slow or squished, you can use the fonts themselves and, and, and making them in a shape for... Um, I, I couldn't pay attention at everything. Like I said, my mind always goes a little bit off and comes back. <laughs> but I want to rewatch her her workshop because uh, I have zero skills <laughs> drawing. And it, for me, it looks like that anyone watching that workshop would be able to really get some very good understanding on how to tell a story through graphics. I'm all about drawing star people now. So uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we'll be posting those workshops, right, Matt? And uh, you'll be able to to see Definitely. what it takes to draw star people. I mean, we build this conference with interesting and awesome people. And I invite people that I want to learn from. I don't invite people that I know all the stuff about already. We're I want to learn. I want to watch all those talks over and over and over again because there's so many things to pick up and so many... So many interesting things to learn. I want to rewatch the Monkey Report workshop so many times um, just to pick up some more tips and tricks and, and those talks. I mean, there's so much good stuff. And when when you're in a technical or a creative or technical creative, <clears throat> you learn by doing. So you see something and now you want to try it. So you see another talk, you want to try it. So um, you can't just digest it and understand it immediately. You have to get in there and, and try it and practice. <laughs> other great feedback that we had was because we were uh, pushing this out through YouTube live and it was a single stream, you know, if, if something came up, you could pause it um, and then, you know, catch right back up or, or just at least see everything. You know, a lot of the other uh, conference formats that we've seen, if you're not there and present in the meeting, you've missed it. You have to wait for that recording to come, come out. Um, so that was a, a, a lot of feedback that we got. It was, it was just great that if something, an emergency came up or bio break or whatever, they could just pause the YouTube stream and, and pick that right back up. So that was brilliant, Felipe, for, for getting that to happen. Well, that was basically your idea. But uh, <laughs> there, there was something that I, there was a comment that was very cool there was, oh, I had something coming up and now I'm catching up at 2x. So the person was like, I want to catch up with the live and I'm way behind. Watch it two times speed. And at some point, they're going to catch up. Well, it's a conference for IT people. I mean, we're, it's, it's all IT people. Sometimes we deal with fires and emergencies. So in, in some people are working, uh, definitely working at the same time or they just have to. And so it's, it's inevitable that something comes up. And so you have to maybe put the stream aside and then catch up later or watch that night. Or, I mean, and, you know, we try to make this as... Uh, awesome for everybody in every time zone, but you know uh, the Australians were were losing some sleep there, staying up. So you know, you, if you can catch it later, then then you have to catch it later. But. but that said, I mean, we had Australians tuning in to to the live conference so they could participate. So that was spectacular. Uh, just the ability to reach internationally by bringing this conference online was spectacular. Am, am I wrong to say that you had more international participants this year than you had in previous years? Oh, definitely more. When I was there last year, I met a couple. I met a guy from from Czech Republic and uh, a couple of other people from Europe. But this time, when I was reading the introductions channel, there were so many people from Europe. I was like, "Wow, that's that, that's really cool." There was a lot more Europeans. I mean, even before the conference was already coming together, I know a couple of people were like, "I really want to come back. I really love your conference, but I just want to, you know, take the plane less often, you know, to save the environment a bit." And 
And then, of course, the pandemic hit and no one's going anywhere. So uh, a lot more Europeans and people from around the world joined us. So, I mean, there's a definite plus to being remote. And if we can build a community, then and Discord really helped bring those people and give them a forum, a really good watering hole. Does this mean that this could be a, a, a conference done twice a year? It could be, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we could almost do that almost uh, yikes we don't have uh, to build the discord from scratch every time no, the discord's <laughs> built this time yeah uh, speaking of the introductions channel that was a brilliant idea matt um you you had seen that somewhere else yeah i'm trying to remember uh, where it was if it was failconf or one of these other tech adjacent not tech adjacent but different i'm, I'm trying to join as many tech communities as possible because everyone's doing different things and i i love to see how people are doing stuff and it was one of the early slack tech conferences i saw um i maybe it was failconf i can't remember exactly i'll try and i'll put i'll post it somewhere if i can remember and i saw that they'd posted in they had a slack for their conference um, and so I, uh, they had an introduction channel and I thought that was really brilliant. And I wrote, Hey, I'm Matt X and I do this and this. And someone's like, Oh, Hey Matt, I haven't talked to you in years. And, you know, and people could, in, instead of, you know, being in, in real person conference, you have to find the badge and you have to try and find people. Or I would grab somebody go, Hey Felipe, I want you to meet Matt Lyons. He's really cool. He does video production. You should go talk to him. And this way you can see at a glance who you might need, you might want to be able to talk to. So I thought that really helped. In a few ways, it's less awkward yes. um, this way to reach out to people because when you're in person and they are already in a group talking to people and it always feels strange, at least to me, to just come up to that group and start hanging out there, just watching people and listening and uh, who am I or who are you guys? And, and this way, anyone that was saying anything in any channel can just jump in. Everyone is already used to that online, right? That you just jump into conversations mm -hmm. on Twitter that's very common. People just jump in. It felt like, it felt like the biggest um, uh, coffee time circle that you could ever have because people are happy to listen into what certain people are saying and they just want to eavesdrop. But it, it felt less socially awkward because they're like, oh, I can listen to all these people. You could have like 100 people almost just listening in. And because I know, you know, pretty much everybody, I could jump in and see if somebody's trying to say something and I could ask, I could, I could, you know, I'm really good at that at the conferences. I call people out and go, Hey, Felipe, what do you think about this? And you're like, I wasn't saying anything. No, I want, I want to hear from you, Felipe, say something. And then, you know, just calling people out. Um, I think that helps sometimes to, to get people to speak and join in the conversation. And um, it was, it was awesome. I couldn't hang out in the social channels afterwards because it was very late here and I definitely needed to catch up on <laughs> sleep. Uh, how did they go? Because I saw at some point that there were like over 20 people connected and video oh, on like, and stuff yeah, like that. 30, 40, yeah. 50, 60 people sometimes. It was pretty busy. Uh... For those who may not have, have been on the, the Discord, what we had was we had a speaker Q&A audio channel. Uh, so everybody would kind of drop into there. It was audio only. Uh, we had At one point, we had almost 100 people in, the, in a single channel. Uh, able to ask and follow up uh, with questions about you know the talk that they had just seen. Um, we also had hallway tracks, so a couple of those I jumped into periodically, and people were just having conversations, and other people would join and just kind of lurk. Um, you know, so it was uh, it was nice that way. We had a social hour. Uh, we were at one point, I think we had probably 60 people, 20 or so were, like you said, sharing their videos. So they were able to see each other, but others could drop in and out and, and add feedback and, uh, imbibe if they wanted to. 
Um, that was that was really uh, uh, really nice. Just the that format with Discord of of basically being able to just automatically join a a voice channel. Um, people were really good about uh, uh, muting themselves, so we didn't have a lot of crazy open mics uh, uh, or any issues that way. Um, I, I think we had one instance where I had to server mute somebody because they they forgot they walked away to handle a kid, and, <laughs> and uh, all you could hear was the, the the child screaming in the background. But otherwise. Um, yeah, that format, you know, versus some of the other platforms that we have, you know, uh, where you're either putting people on the spot or, you know, it's it's just really difficult to to come and go as you please and see who's in the room, right? Uh, that's the problem with a lot of these other platforms is you got you have to go join the room before you can see who's in the room and and the way we had the Discord set up, you could see that oh, I see Matt X is in that channel. I want to go join and see what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was really nice. I mean, Slack is where a lot of us are on the Mac admin Slack, and it's a really great community, but you can't see who's around. So with Discord, we could see who was actually in a channel. And so you could go and walk over to the hallway chat or the the hack night chat or, uh, you know, different rooms. And you could go, oh, JD's hanging out over there. I'll go talk to him. Or, hey, there's somebody I haven't said hi to. And I can... That's really nice. It really makes you feel like you're hanging out with a bunch of people. And because we're all used to being at home, People, you know, are used to hearing some kitchen sounds or, I mean, Tim per uh, Tim Perfect was in, you know, his place and doing his thing and Tim Sutton's in his kitchen making food and hanging out in the social hour. And I'm like, hey, Tim, what, what are you making for dinner? And, you know, and people are cooking and eating and we're all hanging out together. And it was, it was very uh, sort of informal during the social hour. So I like that. Yeah, I have to say uh, the, the food was a little disappointing this year, um, <laughs> mostly because I had to supply it. But uh, <laughs> I, I bought a whole bunch of vegan frozen burritos in, in, in thinking that that would be a good thing. But uh, yeah, they need a lot of time in the microwave. So yeah, you know, watching me eat a live frozen burrito is not the highlight of my career, maybe, I hope. But uh, <laughs> it was a nice way to, to uh, close out the conference. That was really, <laughs> I, was really I couldn't was stop really laughing. Hungry. I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, my daughter uh, was really nice and she made me a cake. Uh, so at the end of the conference, I had a little piece of cake too. And she made me a chocolate cake, vegan chocolate cake. And Nellie, my wife, brought me like some tea and I tried to have a thermos of coffee. But sometimes you're like, my watch is telling me I have to stand up. And I'm like, I haven't gotten gotten away from my seat in a long time. I need to go. <laughs> Felipe, I, I watched that time lapse. I think you escaped twice in that five hour period. I think maybe I escaped twice. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That that sounds about right. To yeah. my chair and my computer, wrangling and and trying to pay attention while I had uh, the YouTube stream on one computer and uh, our we had a back channel to see uh, the feed that that Felipe was seeing, so I could help cue people. Uh, and then just the general like Discord and work and everything else on my main laptop, just trying to to wrangle all of that. So it was. Yeah, I mean, if we can f figure out the the Discord intake, uh, find a new method for that or a better method. But I mean, as people dropped in, I was like saying hi and going, hey, hi, how are you? What's your real name? Like, you know, you know, just welcome to Discord. And yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a crappy bot, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good human. <laughs> well, apparently there are bots. I just we literally ran out of time. So <laughs> I mean, for for background, Matt and I were in Hawaii, in Maui at Objective by the Sea when the pandemic is basically coming down upon us. And we're like, 
uh, we don't think we're going to be able to hold this in person. What are we going to do? And I'm like, let's kind of stew on this for a month and, and figure it out. And about two months ago, really, we started going, okay, let's regroup. Here's how we're going to do it. And we tried the Epifan and nothing against the Epifan. It's great for in-person live events. But, uh, you know, when we reached out to Felipe and he's like, yeah, how about we try Mimo Live? And he blew our minds with that. That, But, you know, if it I mean, went for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it is Mimo is just an amazing piece of software. And the other part was that Felipe was the person to run it. So, right. I mean, Felipe is a, 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 an amazing professional. And, you know, if he's going to take care of it, he needs to use the tool he knows how to use and he's set up for um, rather than, you know, him working the Epifan for me, he was like, oh, what tool can I use and I can work really quickly with? And so being able to do that, and I think, you know, part of the solution was we found the Discord for the podcast, which uh, you were looking around to find different things because we were recording the podcast because we had the idea of doing the podcast before the pandemic. And we were trying to figure out, oh, it'd be really nice to like interview like speakers about the conference and interview attendees and just I mean, it wasn't like some kind of like nefarious marketing thing. We were just like, I love talking to people in the community. That's why I wanted to do the documentary last year. I just love talking to everybody, finding out what their stories are, how they got into open source or not, or how they're working together in this community, how they're solving problems. I was like, let's do a podcast. That'll be so much fun. But how do we do it? And so we we're trying to record in Ring Central or record in Zoom or record, you know, with Audio Hijack, record with all these different software. Sometimes I wasn't recording at all and we're trying to do you know, so, you know. Yeah, I, I patched together many a, a weird audio thing to get these podcasts out. That's for sure. Yeah. And once you found the bots, you know, that was cool. Yeah, I stumbled across uh, a couple of other um, podcasts that were talking about podcasting and recommended Discord and this bot. This bot is called Craig. He's a little creepy. But <laughs> because uh, for for the protection of everybody who's in the audio room, he announces that he's recording. So we that's why what the random reference to the Craig bot is. But uh, it's brilliant because it it keeps everybody's audio separate. And this is an open source project uh, for this. There's a um, another another tool that that uh, I'm I'm looking at that also integrates uh, with this called a Nui caster um, that allows for even higher quality uh, recording that's that's supposed to be lossless and and all of this fun stuff. So uh, it's been a great learning experience for me. But in in doing that, I found Discord and then kind of started, you know, going, well, can we recreate the hallway track? I mean, that that was the part that I was missing when I attended all these other virtual conferences is like that Zoom meeting would end. And it's like, well, but I want to chat with the other people about what we just experience and saw and maybe you could jump back to slack and do that but maybe not and connecting to the voice channels it's very fast yes. and i think that's one of the things that makes that makes it very easy to use discord because you click and you're connected yeah and then you click on the next one you're connected uh, it, it, it's so fast uh, at one point i think we had 80 people in a room and it and it like killed somebody had jacked the uh the bit rate up to like 256 bits so because we had up the discord server and boosted it rather uh which allows for a higher audio quality but that many people <laughs> pushing that much audio is it's a lot of data i think it it crashed the room if i remember correctly and a lot of people had to go reconnect but yeah otherwise it's been it was pretty seamless <laughs> and then there was the time yeah, I crashed the Mimo live stream too. That was pretty well. Funny. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. So we learned a few things. Don't don't mess with the live the live stream. <laughs> don't mess with the live stream. <laughs> well, and there is there is one thing. What I was doing with the green room, which is basically what I did is and this is going to be a little bit technical, but it's actually quite interesting. And I don't think it was meant to be used like that. But I just discovered that I could because I, my first thought is I need a way to connect to the speakers and check their audio and video before we go live. But one way would be, oh, I have one call link on, on my main computer and I would have to create another call link on the other one. I can't, I can't simply say use this code for the call. Uh, every time that I add a new Mimo call, it creates randomly those those uh, a series of words after the link that makes it unique. And I was thinking, okay, but I can save the project. And if I open the project on the, the other computer, it's going to have the same links. So I did that. And then I started testing. And then I discovered that uh, a caller would always get connected to the first computer that opened the project. So what I did is when I was setting up, I would open first the project on the green room computer and then on the one that's supposed to go live. So every time that people would connect, they would get to the green room first. So I would check their audio there. And since it was the same project, everything was set up already. OK, you're good. Then I would go to the main one, and on Mimo Live, you have an option to reconnect the person. So I would just double-click to reconnect, and it would get the connection from the green room computer and put it on the live one. And that's how I was transferring people from green room to live. Yeah, that, that works really well. And that was when, in one of those that was transferring Matt from the green room to live, that's when I got a crash. And <laughs> and when I saw the crash, I was like, shoot. <laughs> but I had already uh, um, rehearsed uh, a crash before, not with a real crash, but by have, being live and just simply quitting the application and seeing what I would do in, in that case. Glad I did. <laughs> uh, because, because the project is saved, um, and every time that someone goes live, I hit command S to save. As soon as the, the project opens again, it opens in the same spot. So in the same scene that I was before. So the, the only last thing that I need to do is, is say, start streaming and start recording. So we were, when we crashed that there, I think we stayed off air maybe 10 seconds, something like that. And, uh, and then it was back. Yeah, it was, it was totally seamless. Uh, I mean, very seamless. Yeah. So, I mean, and th th that's the thing that I learned some time ago is like to not panic when these things happen. It happens. It's live. The first thing that you had that you learn is like, look, on live shows, always something will happen. Someone will say something <laughs> wrong, something that they are not supposed to. Or they're going to start moving their hands and hit the microphone and disconnect it. Or the microphone battery is going to be is going to run out or something will happen. Something always happens. And you try to rehearse as much as possible for those situations. And whenever it happens, you just need to stay calm. What are the steps to get back? Or uh, this, this and that. And then you go back and track and move move forward because the, the show must I mean, go we on, learned right? a lot and we practiced a lot once we decided to go with mimo and we stopped all the practice with the epifam okay we're going to go with mimo let's practice it and also we said we need the speakers to to join us before the conference practice test their audio make sure they have you know good mics i mean uh one speaker we tested three or four mics i mean i had to bring a mic to somebody that's in my city you know we we we, we did our best to to help improve that but also during the testing with the speakers which we were thinking and at least in my head i was like this is to help the speakers they need to practice but we were practicing our back channel we were figuring out our back channel how do we communicate with each other how do we communicate and pass along messages in using discord how do we 
how do we, <laughs> it wasn't just for the speakers, it was like, how do we handle running the conference? So we did four days, I think it was like Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, at least we did four days of many hours of practicing. And it wasn't just for them, it turned out it was for us too. So we uh, really put in a lot of hours <laughs> before the show. Yeah, that, that those were a lot of hours and it, it totally made sense to do that. And uh, for me, in, for my mental sanity, I needed to do that. I wanted to test as much as possible because I also know that we were connecting with them via WebRTC. If anyone would be in a very complicated network, the signal could it possibly could uh, would not connect. So then I had backup calls as well on my pro on my project. Those backup calls were Skype because then I could use Skype NDI and I could have the Skype call on a separate computer and get in the feed through the network. Um, we never had to use that, thankfully. Uh, it worked with everyone. We uh, did come across that though uh, with one of the speakers who was on their corporate VPN, and uh, we had to kick them off the VPN so that we could actually connect to them. So. Yeah, and, yeah, and as soon as we discovered that they were in the VPN, I'm like, yeah, probably a good idea to probably disconnect. added latency is not not needed here. <laughs> I, I think now we can offer this as a service. Hey guys, do you want us to produce your conference? Uh, I think uh, there is a very good uh, use yeah, case here. Yeah, I can heartily, a hundred percent, you know, big bold, hundred percent emoji uh, recommend JD and Felipe, and uh, maybe me if you want someone who nice talks to nice people in a in a nice way. Yeah, yeah me too. Well. Um, <laughs> Uh, we we are a great team, and we worked really well together. And I hope we can keep working together on more uh, more projects. Whether we do this again, uh... in the end of the day, it was super fun. Honestly, uh, in the end of the day, it was really super fun. We, uh, we I think we did uh, the best that we could to reproduce that that feeling of being at a conference and and having you know that the interactivity that you would normally have at the conference. Uh, the weight gain was a lot less. Uh, <laughs> uh, the alcohol consumption may have been a lot less or more, <laughs> but uh, I think I think having that that dedicated stream that people could tune into and catch up on was was brilliant. Uh, having the live Q and A was was also fantastic for that. Um, the workshops that we were able to pull that off as well, um, and they were very well attended. You know that was also uh, spectacular. So I mean, we we had a lot of goals going into this, and and despite a few minor hiccups, I think we really pulled it off. I, and I'm I'm not here to pat us on the back, but I'm going to pat us on the back a little bit. So you know, well, I mean. Uh... When you work with a team, you really want that team to be a group of people that are excellent and excited and happy people. But you also want a team that makes you better. And when I did that keynote and JD looked at it and said, you could do better. And then I did it again. And then Felipe looked at it and like, you can do better. <laughs> it's like, I think that's one small example of everybody lifting everybody else up. And you encouraged me to work harder. And we brought, you know, the best out of all of us. And uh, I appreciated that because uh, we, we got a really good re end result. People were blown away by the live stream, but also the production, like the beginning production. Uh, shout out to my friend, Scott. Uh, he did the, the motion graphics. And then uh, Felipe, you put it all together. And thank you, everybody that was able to record the, the short little snippets. And we did some emojis and some fun stuff. And we created a really good uh, beginning of the conference. Uh, we needed those few minutes to, to, to run the show in the background. And I was letting people in at the last minute. I decided I wanted ticket sales to be open as late as possible so that people could join us. And people were joining us at the last second. And I'm bringing them into Discord and then bringing them in. <laughs> As a strategy, that was also very good because you need to warm up to to what you're doing. Uh, you're going live and you're getting 
people connected and you, you definitely need to warm up and having the first 15 minutes that's like pre-recorded and, and pre-produced that we could take a look and like, okay, the first 15 minutes, we know they look like this and it's approved. Okay, we go forward with it. So then once we go live, we're like, okay, now we can breathe in without and then start working on things slowly okay let's look for the first speaker and get them connected so it was really good to have that pre-recorded if we would have gone live in the very first minute uh that could have been because i mean there was there was definitely less of me on the stage and in front of everybody which is totally fine with me i mean i'm only there because nobody else wants to be but I mean, even I think you should have been more in front of, of the camera, honestly. <laughs> even the few times I was there and we, you know, of course we practiced it and stuff, but you know, Philippe is like, okay, you're going to go live. And I'm like, what? No, no. Which button do I press? What? What? No, 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 no. And then Philippe is like three, two, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating my burrito, but no, I mean, there's a little bit of stress of going live. So sometimes your brain runs screaming out of your skull and you're not sure what to do anymore sometimes with <laughs> it. Uh, and, and thanks to Felipe editing all that together, we got to get that little dig in on on WWDC with the emojis and and stuff. So uh, we were playing to the audience a little bit, but uh, totally yeah. worth it. Yeah, no, it was it was great, and uh, yeah, I mean, lots of things that we can we can do better. Uh, I mean, running a conference is a lot of little details and a lot of wrangling and. Definitely, I'm going to call myself a 10x conference organizer because I had to work 10 times harder to do this than the live, I mean, in-person one, you know. Um, there's a lot of pieces, um, a lot of organizing. So, yeah, was it was it really harder than, 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 than the one in person? I think so. In the in-person one, my uh, friend, colleague, uh, Derek, uh, he's the one who's been doing the camera and the audio. Um, and uh, I mean, I rely on him like I rely on you and everybody. And of course, in person, I rely on JD. And I think for the live shows, I mean, not to brag about how lazy I am, but I, I rely on my team. And then in the live in-person shows, I just show up. I stand on stage. I'm I'm wrangling people. I'm saying hi to people. My job is to to call people out in the crowd and say, "Hey, come into the conversation. Join us. What's going on?" And to you know, to to you're the cruise director. I'm the the cruise director. Yes, <laughs> on the on the love boat called Mac DevOps. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the community person, and uh, so. Yeah, this was definitely more technical. And I've been in post-production for many years, like in visual effects for years and years and years. And then now in post-production and my clients are Final Cut editors and other editors. Um, yeah, they work really, really hard. I mean, post-production is effort, but live, wow. My hat is off to all those live producers. Uh, live is a lot more work. <laughs> you have to have so much ready in advance. So that's why we had, you know, when we recorded those memojis, we recorded little short video segments. We recorded a bunch of... Some of the quick talks were pre-recorded to give us a, a, some breathing room between the live talks. Uh, yeah, it's it, we had to be prepared. We had to make sure it didn't suck. My fiance, she has helped me in in some productions in the past, in some live productions in the past, and she really likes doing technical director. She really likes uh, watching and switching. And uh, a couple of days before, I was like, "Hey, don't you want to <laughs> help me <laughs> with the, with the conference? Because you know, I will have a lot to do. Because I'm gonna have." the speakers that I need to to prepare ahead of time and the ones that are going to be live and need to be paying, paying attention. And uh, she was up to, to, to helping me, but she's working from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. And then we would be starting at 5 p.m. So it was like a lot for her. And I was like, oh, actually, never mind, never mind, never mind. And, and then uh, I think a couple of days before we started, I figured out a way that I could get you guys a feed 
of everything that, that I was, see that the multiviewer. Awesome. And I was like, wow, if I actually give them the multiviewer, they will see when someone connects. That was that was brilliant. And yeah. they will be in the green room with the person. So they can be talking to the person while I'm with someone else live. I'm like, yeah, that might actually work. That was the piece that was kind of missing was trying to <laughs> yeah, figure out yeah. what was actually happening on your end because you're all by yourself. And so then finally, when you gave us access to, uh, you know, just to see the screen and the multi-viewer and seeing all the pieces that you're pulling into the final live show, it's almost like a confidence monitor of seeing not just the output. but Oh, man. And putting that multi-viewer together was, I was like, I know there is a way to put this multi-viewer together. I have the tools for it. And you know, when you have a puzzle, basically, and I had the pieces all there, and you could see that they would connect together, but you just need to to draw the lines in between them. And when it, first, uh, it suddenly clar clarified for me, and I connected everything together, I was like, oh, awesome. Now I need to actually write down how I connected everything. So in the future, when I need it again, I, I, I go there and I reconnect because I know that I'm the person that will figure something out. If I don't use it in the next 10 days or two weeks, I will forget it. Later on, I will need it. So it has happened, for example, with, like, say, installing GitLab on, on a NAS. And I made a, a video about it. And then almost a year later, I was like, oh, how do I do that? And then I searched and I found my video. I was like, oh, yeah, forgot about well, that. I mean, that's <laughs> why we document in the IT world. And the patron saint of the Mac admin community, uh, Rich Troughton, always said, you document today for the future you wondering what the past you was doing. So, you know. That's why so yeah. many tech people have blogs. You know, it's not, they don't care how many people are reading them. It's they're literally going back and going, what was I doing? Ah, I wrote down the five steps and occasionally people will reach out to you and go, oh, I read that blog post of yours and read about this thing. I'm like, oh, that's just for me. I know it's public, but yeah, it's just trying to, trying to remember because we switch <laughs> like fields and topics and you figure something out. You're like, oh, I'm going to figure out this piece of software. And then you go to another thing and you can't keep that all in your brain all the time. So documentation and you, putting it on videos, I mean, you're just... You know, you got your millions of subscribers, Felipe, but yeah, you go and see your own videos and say, how did I do that? And let's see how what I said, you know, in that video. Yeah, and I get people writing to me like, oh, you're wrong. That line is wrong. It's not, yes, it's true. And I was like, oh yeah, you're actually right. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, I'm not a coder. Uh, I I read I read Stack Overflow. <laughs> oh my God, one of the presentations today was like, oh yeah, so people are trying to, uh, open an application and then they just go on Google and go into Stack Overflow and find this command to remove the flags and the quarantine of the applications. And then, yeah, that's how you run a malware on your computer. <laughs> but literally half of like, half of the IT community out there is just searching Stack Overflow for their answers and, and stitching scripts together. Uh, so you're you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's why uh, it's really nice to like when we had the hack uh, hack channel and the hack night. It's like it's a chance to code together. So people are grabbing things and researching, and then they're talking to each other and sanity checking, sort of like your peer review and being able to code together. So I think uh, we've learned that uh, we can work together, Felipe. And uh, you know, if you need coding help, uh, I offer JD. And <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> you offer JD. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to, uh, you know, help you too, I can. And help. I build uh, small he can apps and Stack Overflow for you as well. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you know, sometimes you know, people have reached out to me and said they just found like old questions of mine on mail list, but never the answer. Like, what was the answer? I see you asking this question. You know, what, what was the answer to that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, finding a good repository of knowledge, like we need a, a almost like a wiki, you know. So having these videos of all these conferences, it was always my goal. Number one is to share the videos. 
because I mean, yeah, I mean, in this world where you monetize everything and you want to make money off everything, that's, that was never my goal for anything. My goal is to share. And because this technical stuff sometimes can go out of date, I mean, you need to share immediately. It's, it's, it's valuable to people now. Um, sure, maybe I, I will go through a retrospective of every video Felipe has done on Synology versus QNAP, and maybe that will be a fun afternoon. But if you really want to find out what happened today, you go to the latest conference or the last you know video that somebody did about Chef or anything. So Monkey, what's happened? My Monkey report's changing every month. Monkey's changing. I mean, there was version four in December. There's version five now. I mean, things change so fast. Like, how do we find out? So posting videos is a great way to share, and um, we have to we have to share and help each other so that's that's why we do it uh, right jd exactly i totally <laughs> forgot to talk about the hack night that was <laughs> that was spectacular two hours of joel and tim and a lot of other people <laughs> and a lot of people but but uh the comedy show so what did the they comedy do? show that is the joel and tim show is spectacular i kind of wish we had recorded that well i think I think the topic was NIST, um, I guess one of the national standards associations, they used to release a PDF of how to secure your Mac, um, kind of like a best practice. They finally updated it. And I think it was thanks to somebody in the community, they updated it and put it in a GitHub repo, I believe. And so instead of a PDF, that's like a, a boring document that you can't access, they could put it in GitHub and they had the commands, run these commands to check these things to see if you're secure. And so I think Joel's idea was to how would we make an app that will just run and just check all these things. And then also John Crane from the Monkey Report said, well, we could build a module and Monkey Report. So if you already have Monkey Report, then it'll automatically run these things and tell you the status of those. So they were inspired by this release, this treasure trove of uh, how to check if your Mac is secure or run on a certain baseline. They made it extensible. It's all in YAML. Uh, and uh, that started them down the pathway of having it potato themed. So <laughs> it's, uh, it was it was entertaining. So YAML, but also a very cool tool coming yeah. out of community. Yeah, I mean, that, that was fun. I mean, it's definitely fun. I mean, Twitch and Discord uh, are, are, are apps and services to watch people game. And so watching people code is almost as entertaining. If you can watch people playing with Lego blocks or playing, uh, I don't know, Overwatch or whatever games people play these days, I, I'd I could watch people coding all day and learning from them. And, and having the Discord for the conference meant you can not just watch them, but you could participate and join in. And yeah, because we had multiple people sharing multiple screens and you could just dive in from one screen to the other. You could still talk to everybody. It was it was really fantastic to see that that play out that way felipe you could join in and go oh this is a script that i'm writing and if i would write this what would you say and then jd would be like oh no no you want to write true and then yeah like uh i need to send one command uh via ssh to open tmux section and i still send commands inside tmux is it we can possible? work on these things together we, <laughs> we can, can work, work on these together, together. yes yeah. <laughs> this whole platform that we've created is is a way that we can work together and i mean i'd rather code together and work together than watch people game but to each their own and me <laughs> um you know it, it's it's fun uh this is this has been a fun project thank you felipe thank you jd and thank you ashton and then thank you ted who couldn't join us today either um he did all the graphics and helped us with logos and design and having a crew of people that wants to make things look good that's important too also a shout out to shauna for helping us on the podcast and and wrangling speakers yeah uh, thanks to her we got a lot of cool speakers that uh, yeah. i wasn't able to reach out to she was able to find them and being able to approach different members of different communities and go going, hey, you should come to Mac DevOps, join our wonderful community. And that's amazing. I mean, Sean has been a lot of help.
So Matt, the next steps are we're going to do a, a book club for the next yes. couple of episodes out of the podcast. So uh, we, you ran a quick commercial for this, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit more what you have I, planned. Clearly, video production is not my forte, but I, uh, I did, uh, I did film a little clip with me and my daughter, and she was playing Overwatch, and I wanted to show the full clip of her playing Overwatch while I was giving this serious talk about my book club, and I thought that was a, a funny juxtaposition, but. As my daughter reminded me, I've told her many times that she should not keep put her face in social media. So she's like, Dad, you can't use my face in this commercial. And I'm like, okay. So then I put it in clips. And I know I'm the only person in the world, but I love clips on the iOS. You can make really quick, funny little videos. And um, and so it cropped it to four by three and cropped her out, which is good, and added the titles. But yeah, the, the idea of the book club, because I'm better at this book club than video production, is that we will tackle a chapter each podcast. And the, the book I want to start with is DevOps for Dummies. And since I'm a dummy, this is a perfect book for me. Um, since I run a DevOps conference, uh, I'm not a DevOps master. I'm just inspired by DevOps and inspired by people working together. So um, this book was written by Emily Freeman from uh, Seattle, I believe. And uh, I've been reading, I've read through pretty much half or almost uh, three quarters of the book. It's like just amazing chapters are very approachable. And I just thought uh, it would be a great present to send to the speakers. I sent them all a book and I thought we could have different guests on episodes and we can talk about uh, a chapter uh, and talk about the awesome concepts. It's not coding, it's about working together and culture, how to build better teams, how to build a better community, uh, more sympathetic. Sometimes people say hug ops, you know, how do we have blameless postmortems? How do we how do we criticize and grow from disasters and failures and be constructive? That's that's it's a genius idea. It doesn't have anything to do with coding. It just how do we build a better society? I mean, I just want everyone I just want everyone to treat each other well um, and to to help each other so we can grow and learn. And yeah, DevOps for Dummies uh, book club and we can grab other fun books too and uh, talk about other things. But the podcast is just an excuse to reach out to people and keep people connected. I'm not making any money on it. I'm not making millions on this. This is just a, a labor of love um, and I love you all. So yes, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll have more podcasts to, to continue through the summer here. So thanks, Matt. Thanks, Felipe, for, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, really, thank you again for letting me be part of Mac DevOps. Checks in the mail. Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. Thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor, Simple MDM, our silver sponsor, and Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps Podcast. Thank you to our guests and co-hosts. Mac DevOps Podcast is a brainchild of Matt X and Chris Johnson. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. The internet gods treated us fairly. So <laughs> thank you. We'll make a sacrifice of some vegan kale smoothies.